What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode. In the last episode of this series of Chat with Will Grant, we've had uh, 12 amazing topics of um, 12 different subjects all regarding around things to help us become happier, healthier, and stronger. Today is one of my favorite topics that pretty much anybody who knows me loves, knows that I love talking about and I can't stop talking about and that's Nutrition 101. Um, Dr. Edwin Adams will be joining us shortly. He is the co-host. He just had a few other things to take care of, but just give him a few minutes and he will be here. But I just want to say I am super grateful to be able to connect and share with people all over the world on this platform and share our insights and knowledge um, that we've picked up from our experience. Um, for those of you guys who do not know, I am Will Grant. I am a professional athlete fitness and nutrition enthusiast or expert, whatever you want to call it. Um, I read somewhere when I was younger that if you take any subject, whatever subject that you're interested in, and every single day you devote one hour towards just reading about that subject, learning about that subject, in four years you'll become a national expert. And that's really what I did for a huge part of my life, especially around nutrition. Um, even from when I was a very young little boy growing up very hungry, just trying to find the cheapest way to get calories all the way to um, becoming an athlete, learning how to eat for performance and then getting hurt and actually starting bodybuilding and learning how to eat to uh, make your body look whichever way that you want. And then um, getting back into racing, learning more how to eat, to perform and to heal and to get the most out of your body to um, here I am now. Um, I still study nutrition every single day. I'm still learning new stuff daily. Some of my favorite people to learn from are Dr. Mark Hyman um, and Dr. Zach Bush. If you guys want to write that down and check them out later, they're just one of the top doctors in the field. Um, Zach Bush is amazing for, for helping us understand the connection between soil health um, and our food nutrient density. And Dr. Mike Mark Hyman has just a really easy to understand um, methods of understanding what are the good foods to eat and how to get the good foods. Um, I'm looking forward to using this chat to give you guys three to five of my biggest nutritional principles um, that'll one, it's going to get you confident and knowing what are the best foods to eat based on your specific goals. So you're walking into the grocery store, hopefully next time you're going to have a lot more confidence in knowing what to get, um, to get the goals that you're trying to achieve. Um, I'm also going to give you guys a lot of secrets about fasting. There's a, so much information out there. Um, fasting is something that I am a firm believer in. I've been experimenting with and um, seeing so many other people with some awesome results. I'm going to show you guys what is the best way to do it, how to do it, and why pretty much everyone should be fasting sometimes. Um, and then at the end, we're, I'm going to show you where and how to source some of the best, highest quality nutrient dense foods for you and your family. So if at any time during this conversation, like I said, you have any questions, comments, or something that you want to go over, do not be afraid to leave it in the comments below. If you're watching a later 
um, episode or a later version on YouTube. Again, just put in those comments below and I go back and um, comment those and re respond. And we really do our best to um, really connect with you guys on the deepest level possible to really um, give you guys all the knowledge that we have to set you guys up on the right path. Um, because something that I believe is the stronger we make ourselves, the more that we can nourish our environment and the people around us. And the more that we can um, help lift a lift up the people around us in our life or just around the world, um, you know, the better that this world can be, the better that this planet can be, because we're all in this together. So let's get started. Hope you don't mind. I grab a little sip of water. All right. So the first thing that pretty much everybody asks about is macros and micros. What are they? So macros are your proteins, your carbohydrates, and your fats. Um, this is the best way to determine how to get the type of nutrients that you need. And the micronutrients are the things like vitamins and minerals. That is the stuff that nourishes your body and nourishes your many different functions inside your body. So many of us focus on macros, but I believe that one of the best things that we could do is actually focus on micros and then um, adjust the macros based on um, your own diet needs. So for example, the first thing, no matter what, if you're trying to gain weight, if you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to become an athlete or you're just trying to become healthier, you want to base most of your food on the micronutrients. So this is going to come almost mainly all from plants and as many different plants as possible. The plants like the broccoli, the spinach, the asparagus, the arugula, the celery, the carrots, the avocados, um, that's the stuff, you know, and even coconut and olive oil and um, just as many different plants as possible is going to serve a different function in your body. One of the healthiest and best advices that I can give you guys is broaden your diversity. So the more different plants that you have, the more um, different nutrients that your body is going to be able to um, use for different function inside its body. Um, so and different colors as well. So a carrot is a different color, you know, than the greens or than the dark purples, but you want to look for those dark, um, different colors. You want to eat the rainbow and that's going to give you a nice balanced, um, micronutrient content. Now, as far as macros, um, a lot of people are scared of the fats, but if you're focusing on the good fats that come from plants, um, and stuff like nuts and seeds and olive oil and coconut oil, you don't want to go too crazy, but your brain is actually going to really perform. And the more you have that instead of the carbohydrates, you're actually going to train your body to use fat as energy um, more efficiently than carbohydrates. Now, the question is carbohydrates. I see and I hear so many mixed um, do I eat carbohydrates? Do I need carbohydrates? Can I have carbohydrates or not? And carbohydrates is, is simple energy. 
Okay. So if you're wanting to lose weight, the carbohydrates maybe not be your best option because um, you're wanting to dip into your fat cells. Or if you're trying to lose fat, I prefer to say lose fat instead of lose weight because losing weight is actually pretty unimportant because we all have different body types and, you know, different genes. But if you have an excess of fat, um, that's definitely some somewhere that you want to lower the carbohydrates. Or if you are putting a ridiculous amount of hours every single day into training or building muscle or training for a sport or a sporting event or some sort of athlete, or if you're a rock climber, something gnarly that you're using your body for, then you're going to want a little bit more carbohydrates and also some more protein as well to support that muscle function. Now, the next biggest question I get a lot is, are you vegan? What about eating meat? And when it comes to eating meat, it's not the what, it's the how. So meat can be extremely healthy and nourishing for you to give you some vital nutrients that you can't get anywhere else, especially if you're really using your body and breaking down your muscles. But meat, the same type of meat, you know, the same, you know, a chicken can also be extremely harmful for your body and extremely toxic. And the biggest difference is, is how that chicken is raised. So for example, if you're eating, it doesn't matter if it's a chicken, a cow or a pig or a lamb that is grown in a, what I like to call a concentration camp style where they're stuck in tiny quarters, um, eating really low uh, low nutrient dense foods and pumped with a bunch of antibiotics and hormones. They don't get sick. And so they just get fattened up. That's going to make your gut go crazy and make your brain go crazy and make you gain weight and not feel good. Um, we have that gut brain axis. So if you're eating sick and stressed animals, you're going to be sick and stressed as opposed to, um, sourcing chickens that are, um, pasture raised or, you know, able to be outside under the sun, picking at dirt, eating bugs, eating um, a natural diet, and they're healthier and they're better taken care of, that's actually going to give us um, some really awesome nutrients to support our muscle function. Good news is randomly, Dr. Edwin Adams is back. What's up, brother man? How are you? Hey, Will. Sorry about that. Sorry I'm late, gang, but what a great conversation, Will. I think we put more uh, attention into the quality of our furniture than we do the quality of our food sometimes. And, and food is, is our investment in longevity, right? So why wouldn't we spend more time in the grocery store looking at labels, asking questions where, where products are sourced and learning and becoming educated on quality information for you to digest? Because you know, well, I work in the in the cancer space for a large pharmaceutical company, and we spend uh, a lot of time understanding cellular function in order to come up with targeted therapies to address some of these chronic problems that we have. But you know what? That 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 programmed cell dysfunction that creates cancer could be caused by poor quality building blocks that we're providing them. So it, it does make sense, Will, to, to pay attention. And I'm so glad you're raising the awareness through these webinars. Yeah, thank you so much. You know, you know, I'm a firm believer that not all, but almost all sickness and a disease is stemming from so much of the low quality foods that we're eating. Like, just look at the statistics of what is the leading cause of death in America? It's heart disease. 
you know, and it's mostly from the low quality foods that we're eating, like even stuff like diabetes and Alzheimer's and, you know, you know, most of the top illnesses, especially all of the chronic illnesses are based upon the type of information that we're bringing in because food again is just information. Like it's information, um, for our DNA to know how to respond based on its environment. You know, uh, our food is evolved over millions of years, supposed to be our most intimate connection with our environment. And what's kind of beautiful, but um, eye-opening in the same way is the same foods that we're eating that are harmful to our own ecosystem inside our body are the same foods that are killing the planet, you know? And when we eat in a regenerative way, when we're eating, you know, focusing on our micronutrients and focusing on, you know, high quality plants that are grown in the best way, that same way of growing that food, they actually have to take care of the soil, you know, because the better that you take care of the soil and the richer and nutrient dense that soil is naturally, the richer and nutrient dense that food is going to be, then you're getting all the micronutrients that you need. You know, I've read somewhere just in the past few months, I couldn't believe that it said that it takes 50 modern day potatoes to have the same amount of nutrients as one potato did in the fifties or sixties. And you ask why, like, well, what changed? We're spraying so much chemicals into our soils and just the way that we are farming is monocropping. So we're having thousands of thousands of acres of corn, of soybean, and we make all of this processed food based on that coin, corn, soybean, or even a really low quality wheat. And we stick our animals in these very small quarters and they're not able to go outside or move or actually work that soil like they're designed to do. Um, and then we just have low quality stuff. So we're living low quality lives. It's taking us everything we got just to get through the day and do the bare minimum instead of waking up every day, feeling good, having as much energy to do everything you need to do and then everything you want to do. And then again, everything that you're here to do, you know, cause we're all here for something. You know, every single person on this planet has a unique and different perspective and a unique and different gift that we have to offer to the world. And if we're not taking care of ourselves physically, and if we're not taking care of ourselves mentally, we spend all of our energy just battling ourselves and we have nothing left to give to the ones around us and give to the ones that we truly care about. Such a great point, Will. And, and I think a lot of people get stuck at least um, in this pandemic phase of they've added a few pounds because they've, they've, they've found a comfort zone. Really, you, you understand in the, in the complexities of what's happened polit politically and biologically in the world, people have found comfort in eating and eating too much, unfortunately. So it's, it's almost turned into the COVID-19 pounds if yeah. you will. And I know people are, are looking now that things are opening up and things might be returning to some semblance of normal. Nutrition is coming into question. And how do I, how do I re-engage or disrupt my comfort zone, for instance, in, in trying to address nutrition differently than I've been doing over the past year that may not have gotten me very far? What would you say are, are the big three um, issues people are, are experiencing today because of the pandemic and nutrition? 
Well, I, I mean, it's hard to say because everyone kind of goes through their own thing, but it's, we are overeating, you know, and we're not really taking care of the foods that we are eating because we're just focusing on getting comfortable and taking what's easy. And, you know, not everybody, but a lot of pe people. And I think, you know, one of the biggest ways to kind of restart your system, not just physically, but mentally to where if you are overeating is fasting, you know, and that brings us to, you know, my second biggest principle, which sometimes the best thing that we could do is nothing, you know, is to stop and just take a break. And, you know, it's like nature, if you just stop pouring the chemicals in it, you know, that life will grow back, you know, and, you know, fasting is literally one of the healthiest things that we could do, but you could do it in the wrong way as well. So for example, like if you are on a lot of medications, a lot of the medications that you have to take every day are based upon the foods that you're eating every single day. So if you go for even a single day fast and say you're on stuff like high blood pressure or high cholesterol, you're taking those pills that are lowering those things. And then when you stop eating the things that are raising it, it could cause it to go too low. So you do want to be safe with this most importantly, especially if you have some sort of underlying conditions already, you know, find a good functional doctor, you know, find a good functional doctor that can talk you through this. But if you are healthy and just have some excess pounds, you know, a, a light fast can be one of the best things for you as well. I think every single person on this planet should be able to make 12 hours, you know, and 12 hours is the, you know, it, it sounds like a lot, but it's really not a lot, a, a lot at all. If you just have your dinner at eight o'clock, that's no eating past eight o'clock. And then 12 hours is just eight o'clock in the morning, the next day, which if you can't make it that far, you have, a real addiction or you have something that is off that needs to be um, taken care of immediately before anything, you know, because our bodies are designed to go days without eating, you know, and, and, and when our bodies go days without eating is when our body really does most of its cleaning and most of its repairing inside its whole entire body. We could all, for the most part, like I said, unless you're having serious health conditions can make about 30 days without eating. And we will survive, you know, it's not going to be the most enjoyable or even really the safest thing, but it's possible. But just to make 12 hours, pushing that back to 16 hours a day, you know, that's intermittent fasting. And every hour that that's pushed back, that trains your body to use fat as energy to start cleaning house on everything inside your body. You know, they say about a 24 hour fast can clean about a whole year's worth of toxins. And you might not think, well, I, I don't have that many toxins in me. Well, you really do. Almost every food that we eat, unless you're buying local and organic, is sprayed with some of the most toxic antibiotic chemicals that literally kill our microbiome and our immune system. And then on top of that, you know, even the air that we breathe from the pollution from outside and the water that we drink, you know, that's one of the biggest things I noticed about moving to Florida. And I love Florida so much but the water is disgusting, you know, like it's, we have to go and buy water from somewhere else just to have water that doesn't taste like pure chlorine and chemicals. And I'm originally from Washington state where you can just pour right out of the sink and it's some of the best tasting water that you've had. But even that is getting worse because of all of the pollution that we do in our environment, it's polluting our own ecosystem as well. 
And people don't even realize, but even every time that you have a negative emotion, you have negative chemicals that get produced, toxic chemicals that you can clean that out. So even if you went some through something very mentally traumatic or physically traumatic, that creates a toxic buildup in your body that fasting can help clean that out. Um, so I wouldn't recommend if you've never fasted to go do a week fast or a 30 day fast, be smart with it, you know, make sure you're at least getting 12 and then push yourself to 16 and start to wean yourself off the pharmaceuticals start, you know, true health is knowing that your body can one, take care of itself without any external inputs, but food you know, and then, you know, the second case is being able to take care of itself under stress, you know, if that's physical stress, or that's mental stress without getting sick and fasting, not only cleans out your physical body, but it trains your brain to not react, it trains your brain to not chase that instant gratification, it trains your brain, and it cleans out so much of that brain fog to where you'll really find what's important to you. Well, Will, let's talk about hunger real quick, because I think that is such um, a loud signal that comes to our minds that we feel as though we need to satisfy hunger or else something's bad, something bad is going to happen, right? So I think when it comes to fasting, people have a hard time with hunger. Yeah, hunger is not bad. It's just our relationship to hunger, you know we're kind of built in our DNA for thousands of, if not millions of years where food was scarce, right? So when we're hungry, it puts us in this, oh no, I got to do something right now, you know, but we have evolved past that to where you can have whatever type of food and as many calories as you want delivered to your front door with a phone call. You know, and most of us, if you have enough money to have a computer to watch this, you have the resources to do that, which is crazy. So now we have to be above our mind. We have to be above our wants. And that's why fasting is a practice. You know, like if you've never fasted before, you know, work on it. And that's training your brain to be able to be above your feelings, to to be in control of your happiness, to be in control of your health. And I know that for a fact, because I remember for the longest time, every time I got hungry, I got mad, you know, because it reminded me of being a kid, not having enough, because I was so hungry, wishing I had just food in my refrigerator to where I had to go out and find food when I'm eight, nine years old. And, and, And it brought back so many awful memories. And then when I did that eight day fast, my whole perception of food changed. It went from something that every time I was feeling hungry, I overindulged and I overate and I had no control if, you know, there was chocolate or cheeseburgers around me to then I realized that that feeling of hunger, that little stomach growling was my body cleaning itself. You know, that was my mind doing another repetition, getting that much stronger, you know, and once you can change your perception of hunger, becomes a lot easier. I'm not saying it's easy to change your perception. It's like every time that you feel, feel that stomach growl, 
instead of saying, Oh my God, I'm hungry. I need food so bad. Say, whoo, that's my body cleaning. That's my gut working. That's it digesting its food and getting those toxins out. How beautiful is that? How grateful am I that I can wake up and I don't even have to think and my body can just clean for me. All the bad toxins that I took in every time my tummy growls, it's clean. Like that's so awesome. And on top of that, I just overcame going to that fridge. So now my mind's a little bit stronger. I've learned to delay that gratification a little bit more, which hint, hint is the secret to succeeding in anything. Nice. So are there any strategies other than the paradigm shift of, of your relationship with hunger? Is there anything, the people that need a cushion yeah. Uh, between the hunger, what would you do to satisfy maybe that, that, that pain or the headache even that can come from hunger? Yeah. So if you eat breakfast every single morning at eight o'clock, almost every single morning at seven o'clock, your stomach will start growling, right? Your body adapts very, very quickly to what you give it. I've found with these times, it's only about four days, you know, but this is for me and my friends, maybe you will change quicker or maybe you'll take longer. But say if you're used to eating at eight o'clock for the next day, push it back till nine o'clock. And then you might have 30 minutes or an hour where your body's telling you, hey, you got to eat. You got to eat. But just try to beat that time. You know, if you know, if you had eight o'clock, just try to get at least eight thirty. Push for that nine o'clock. And if you do that for four or five days, then your body's going to not tell you you're hungry until it's eight o'clock. And I'm not saying to make yourself so miserable right away and push it till two, three o'clock. Just play with that comfort zone. Disrupt your comfort, so to speak, just a little bit every day and think of it as a mental training. And like that's cleaning your body. And like I said, it takes about four or five days. And then your body just readjusts that time to where then you push it to 10, 10, 30. 11. And then eventually you'll be able to make new, no problem, you know, and I've seen this with so many people because, you know, we were taught to eat every two hours to keep that metabolism going. It's good for you. It's the biggest crock of BS that I've ever heard And this, you know, and I taught this to many of my clients as a personal trainer. No, why don't you wake up and have breakfast? You want to get that metabolism going it is so wrong. You actually want to give it a break. So your mitochondria can recharge its own batteries. And, and so, yeah, push it back to 1130 noon. And then, and really the best that you could possibly do for your health is called a warrior diet, where you have all of your calories in about an hour or two. I'm not saying that's for everybody. You know, this is for a very small amount of people who are really wanting to go that extra mile and take care of their health. So if you're trying to heal from a chronic illness, I'd recommend it. Um, but if you're just, you know, trying to enjoy your life, what I'd like to do is break your fast, push it back as far as you can with some nutritional fruits. Um, and the best ones that you can get are ones that are local to your area. And this brings me really kind of slightly into the third point as well is local and organic and seasonal. You want to break your fast with as high as quality as you possibly can, but also something that's easy on your gut. So a lot of people, when they do fast, if it's for 12 hours, for 16 hours or for 24 hours, they'll be so hungry 
they just grab whatever the quickest, easiest thing because they collapse into that meal. So they might stop at some fast food. And what that does, it can actually sometimes do more harm than good because your body's ready to soak up any nutrients that you give it. It wants it so bad. It's been using all of the resources that it has to clean out those toxins and to shed all that dead weight, so to speak. So then if you break it with a cheeseburger, or a bunch of processed sugar, your body's going to absorb all of that. And that's not really what you want to do. The highest quality stuff, and this is that third point, is find some fruit or or a smoothie with some fruits. And like I said, something easy on your stomach. So vegetables can be a little harder on your stomach if you're not used to it. So something, you know, some light vegetables, like some greens or some lettuces or some spinach, and then you can work your way up to broccoli and, you know, Brussels sprouts and stuff like that. But you can throw all that in a blender, you know, blend it up and have that morning smoothie with some nuts and seeds that is absolutely delicious. And the single best thing that you could do though, it, you know, I posted on Instagram this morning is plant a tree. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but remember I said, what's good for the earth is good for you. What's good for you is good for the earth. Plant a tree that bears fruit. And, you know, if you're from, you know, a Southern state, like an avocado or a mango or a papaya is great. Or if you're from the North, like an apple tree or a cherry tree or some blueberries and whatever your land gives you is going to give you the perfect amount of nutrients to align your gut microbiome with your environment. This is when you're going to feel your best and, you know, just planting some sort of um, bearing bush or bearing fruit is going to heal that soil of the earth and heal the soil of your digestive system as well. So Will, I've heard a lot of people who are, are fasting use, uh, they use a term that I'm not familiar with, snake juice, something, uh, a liquid that maybe has minerals or salt or something in it that helps them get through the fast because they, they are concerned about electrolyte imbalances during, during a fast. Do you have any input on that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can use those if that's, you know, like, especially if you're first doing it and you want to try it out, you know, I, I've not personally done that other than, you know, I'll wake up in the morning and, you know, put like a little sea salt in some water, um, with some apple cider vinegar, you know, that's kind of you know, the closest thing that I've personally used, but you know, that's not bad to take in those minerals, but your body will be okay with nothing. You know, and sometimes I feel like, yeah, that works, but you'll get that extra extra from even draining your body from its minerals, because then your body will know what to look for. And it's going to absorb those minerals better than it ever, ever has, you know, to take your body from one extreme to the next. As long as you don't push it too far where it causes damage, that's what trains your body. And that's what trains your mind to be able to overcome more. So your formula is apple cider vinegar, uh, sea salt, and do you use lemon or anything else? Yeah. Um, when I have it, lemon is, you know, you know, like that's a wonderful little co concoction. I actually made a YouTube video about um, is having that in the morning and that'll push you to whatever you need that first meal. And that's a lot of my daily routine that I'll break it with that. But what's kind of cool about fasting is I feel like every single person should make 12 hours, bare minimum, even if you're a, 
a pro athlete making crazy amount of burning crazy amount of calories a day. If you're looking for just typical health, you know, try to get over 16 to 18 and even 20 hours, you know, and you could do that every single day. You don't, you know, it's okay to, if you love breakfast, it's okay for one or two days a week to wake up and enjoy yourself a nice breakfast. That's okay. But what's also good is maybe, you know, if you're older and have a little bit more to lose and, you know, are suffering with things more chronically, a 24 hour fast once a month can be extremely beneficial or even some yearly ritual of a whole weekend or even a week, you know, but if you're doing those longer extended fast, talk to somebody who can check your vitals and, you know, that you trust like a functional doctor. I wouldn't recommend a whole week long fast for just somebody who's never done it. You know, it can, it's taking your body to an extreme. So you want to make sure your body can handle that. Yeah. Start, start small, go slow. I mean, those, that, that training advice hadn't changed over the years, right? Yeah. That's with everything, you know, like if you haven't worked out in the gym in 10 years, you're not going to want to go and put on three plates and try to squat you, but you're going to break your back. <laughs> Let's learn how to move first. Right. <laughs> um, so let me so, yeah. ask you a question, Will. Um, I know you are recovering right now from a muscle injury. How do you use nutrition a nutrition strategy and or fasting during a, a setback like this? Yeah. So my diet completely changes when I'm healing or when I'm training, when I'm healing, I'm fasting way more. So instead of waking up and having breakfast, I'll push it back. Like I said, as far as I can, and I'm focusing on having as many different plants as possible, you know, letting my body heal and letting my body nourish itself and just constantly assisting it with some blood flow. When my body's healing, I do tend to try to lower my meat. Um, and as opposed to when I'm training really hard and I'm lifting a lot of weights, you know, I'll have breakfast earlier because I have to nourish my body to not go into a deficit. But for most people who are looking for health and healing, you want your body in a deficit because that's when your body is going to be using its resources to heal. Your body is always either doing two things. It's in your sympathetic or parasympathetic state, your fight or flight, where it's working on something. Um, if you're eating food, and especially toxic food that kind of puts your body in a fight or flight where it's trying to work on that. But if you, it doesn't start digesting and taking care of that until you start resting. So when you're resting, that's when your body can really start digesting and taking in all of that. And when your body's on an empty stomach is when it does most of its work. So that's really what changes are the most when I'm healing is I'm eating less often. I'm eating less and just really focusing on plants because, you know, plants give your body the building blocks to really heal and uh, repair all that stuff. Does your supplement supplementation change around healing as well? Um, I'm better. <laughs> I'm, I'm more consistent at taking my extreme joint care, <laughs> you know, um, like, cause I forget to take my supplements way too much. Um, but you know, I'm hooked up pretty well from Nutribio, which is some really awesome stuff. You actually can go to, you know, since you walked me into the plug, you can actually go to Nutribio.com and use W grant 10 and you'll save 10% off all the stuff. But from there, I usually use a plant protein, um, a regular whey protein, not because it's better because it tastes better. Um, you know, I usually try to stay away from dairy, especially when I'm healing. Um, 
but yo, whey protein is just the best tasting stuff ever. <laughs> um, and, um, I take their multivitamin and I take their extreme joint care and their extreme joint care is just loaded with a bunch of like micronutrients that helps your body repair and um, heal its joints and ligaments. So I wouldn't say I take anything different. I think I'm just more consistent at taking my extreme joint care. I won't forget as many days in one week. <laughs> That's awesome advice. Well said, you know, yeah, I my main focus, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but my main focus is food, you know, and then that's when I want to be extra careful on finding the highest quality foods I can and limiting the low quality foods. Like I'm not the type of person that's going to say I'll never eat this because I love bad food. I promise you just as much as the next guy. I, I, I grew up on fast food. That stuff's addictive. <laughs> you know, I know like nothing has as much like gnarly stuff that tells our brain that we want this, you know, like from all the salt and the sodium and the sugar and the fat, like that tells our brain, like that's what our brains ha has evolved to, to search for. But now it's just almost too readily available. So where can we find the best stuff? Edwin, do you got an idea? I talk about it all the time. <laughs> Uh, Will's backyard is, is where I would start. <laughs> I, I know it cost me a plane flight to get there, but those, those, um, those super greens that you have is the way to go, man. Yeah. So, I mean, not necessarily my backyard, but your backyard, your backyard is the best place where you're going to find the highest quality nutrient dense foods that that gives you the perfect amount of nutrients to have your body and mind thriving and surviving in that climate, in that area. Um, so like I said, the best thing that you could do is plant a tree, plant a bush, you know, lay some mulch down on your soil and find what plants grow really well um, in your area. And the next thing you want to do is try to find some other stuff that's local, organic, and seasonal. I'm going to say that again, because those are the three points. Local, because it's going to align your gut microbiome with your environment. Organic, because we got to stop ingesting so many antibiotic chemicals. Almost all of the fruits and vegetables that we're getting at the grocery store, unless otherwise said, are sprayed with extremely toxic chemicals that kills our gut flora and our ecosystem inside our body that takes care of the things, mainly our immune system. And seasonal, because seasonal is that supercharge. You know, when we're eating foods in season, we're one, eating a diverse diet. So our diet is changing throughout the year, which is extremely beneficial, but it's giving you the nutrients to like, you want different foods in the winter as you do in the summer. In, in the summer, we, we can handle a little bit more fruits and sugar that are loaded, you know, and very hydrating and higher in sugar. But in the winter, we want to focus on more like cleaning, like greens and maybe even some meats as well. So the best way to do this is because unfortunately, if you go to a restaurant, it's not local, it's not seasonal, and it's not organic unless you go to like the most expensive restaurant in your town, they're most likely getting it locally, organically and seasonally. Why? Because it's the highest quality, a higher quality food will taste better. So they're going to your local organic farmer. And this is the number one thing that I recommend every single person on here is just searching their local organic farmer, going there, checking it out and connecting with him and see how you can get food from there. Because even if it's just one ingredient a week, that is 
that much powerful to help your body heal and to take care of so many vital functions inside your body. I recommend joining a CSA. If that's what we did, that's community supported, community supported agriculture. Essentially what that is, was I paid uh, money upfront for their season, which gives me a share of their weekly crops every single week. So I can go every other week or every week and pick up a bag of all the foods that they harvested that day, or I'm sorry, that week, which gives me the freshest, best stuff that I can get. And it, it brings it home and it helps me to kind of learn about some new foods and to make sure I'm always eating something different. Will, you'll be glad to know our neighborhood has even established a co-op where the, the culmination of everybody growing a little bit turns into a lot of food for everybody to share in. So I thought that was a really neat addition to the spring 2021 area here where I live is uh, people are growing it in their backyards and sharing it. Yeah. That, oh, that's so rad. Like if you plant an avocado tree, I promise you a few times a year or once or twice a year, it's going to give you more avocados than you can eat. That's beautiful. So you can have all the highest quality nutrients for your family. And then you'll have so much, you'll have to give it to your friends. You'll have to give it to your neighbors. You'll have to give it to your family. And guess what's that's going to do. That's going to nourish your neighborhood. That's going to nourish your friends, nourish your family. So their body works a little bit better. Their brain is working a little bit better. They are functioning a little bit more effectively. And that's going to create a better neighborhood, a better community, a, a, you know, a better tribe, a better family, you know, and a better world. And who doesn't want to live in a better world? Yeah, it's been cool to see the Facebook traffic and in that specific group go back and forth on what everybody wants to grow and getting getting excited about that. Uh, Braden's asking a good question, Will. I'd love your feedback on that, that he, he always hears that one should avoid dairy. Why is dairy not good to consume? And, and what is it uh, that makes it so bad? The cows are sick, you know, like that's the quickest, easiest way. You know, the dairy that you're having is not the dairy that we had in the 1800s. You know, it's not the dairy that we had in the 1700s. Our cows are so sick and pumped with so many antibiotics and hormones that that's what we're drinking. You know, like I've, I've heard a statement many times that we are the only animals that consume anybody else's milk. And we're the only animals that consume milk after we're fully grown. I mean, we're also the only animals that have computers and that shower and, you know, do a lot of things. So I'm not going to be completely sold on that analogy, but it's something to think about as well. Like what does milk do? Milk is meant to fatten us up when we're babies. So, and first of all, like we, we're not even eating our own milk. We're, or drinking our own milk. We're drinking milk from really sick animals. You know, so like if you live on a farm and you have your own personal cow that, you know, is walking and moving and grazing on grass and, you know, and getting under the sun and moving his microbiome, I'm sure that milk's not too bad for you, but that's going to taste a lot different and it's not going to have a red cap at the grocery store. Yeah, I think there are a couple of things here, Braden. Number one is some people do not have an enzyme that um, uh, digests dairy products. So therefore, lactose, you've heard of lactose intolerance. So that's that's one aspect is just physically, it's going to make you sick because you can't break it down. The other issue is, and I'm sure Will would agree that 
most of the mass produced milk comes from cows that are fed with grains, not grasses. And I think in that context, grains are pro-inflammatory. And that's why you, you have to be careful sometimes in the milk that you drink is, is sourcing it. Is it grass fed or grain fed cows? Yeah. Like two things on that is like the, the grains that the cows are eating are loaded with pesticides. That's and or, or like that's inflammatory alone, you know. And then if you're gonna eat that, it's gonna be just as bad. Um, I had another point on the first point that you made, but it kind of just slipped my mind. About lactose intolerance. Oh yeah, most people are actually lactose intolerant, just not to the severity where we'll actually feel it. But you know, I, I've read a few places that over ninety, like as an adult, our body doesn't really process milk the same at all. And I've read that over 90% of people are in some way lactose intolerant, just not to the severity as like somebody who's really lactose intolerant, you know? Yeah, it's a larger percentage of adults who after childhood did not expose themselves to milk. And then when they get into the ages where they're worried about bone loss and they're looking for calcium supplementation, they reintroduce dairy. Well, you, you lose that enzyme over time uh, yeah. after your young ages. So I think people then experience some sort of dysfunction with dairy and then they, yeah. you know, try to compensate for that. Well, David's asking a good question while we're on this subject. What is a good milk substitute? And that's a question I have because there's almond milk, there's peanut butter milk, there's all these milks out there. Is it really milk? Um, we like to switch back and forth from almond milk to coconut milk. Um, you know, and it's the same thing. Like if you use milk a lot or every day, you know, I wouldn't use almond milk every single day. Um, switch it up. You know, I wouldn't use coconut milk every single day because your body gets used to the same thing in the same way it'll get used to any sort of exercise. So yeah, we do our best to always get on the almond milk or on the coconut milk. And it's pretty good. Like at first I hated it because I mean, I grew up drinking milk. Like I'm talking as soon as I had my own place and enough money to feed myself, like I would buy a gallon of that red cat milk and kill it every two days. Like I love milk and I put cheese on everything. Like it's been one of my favorite things, but you know, so that's why when I went to almond milk, I was like, man, this sucks. This tastes like funky water, you know, but then after a while, like now I love it, <laughs> you know, now, you know, I even dip my cookies in there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I was going to say chocolate is so good in milk and Nutter Butters yeah. are incredible, but I think we're on another topic, Will. Yeah, 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 for sure. But let's land this plane and where we can land the plane is I'm know there's going to be so many people who want more information. And that's why me and Dr. Edwin Adams have dialed in this nutrition 101 masterclass. This has a laundry list of all of my favorite nutritional and delicious recipes, as well as full lessons to help you with um, fasting, uh, grocery shopping. It's literally instructional videos of me walking through the grocery store, teaching you guys how to shop. What are the stuff uh, what is the best stuff to look, look for? And there's even a whole section on how to start growing your food, no matter where you live. So this is a 
you know, I don't like to call it a diet, but this is regenerational, sustainable nutrition. Um, that is something that is a practice that you can learn more and more from. Um, I bet Dr. Edwin Adams can even give you guys a little sneak peek of maybe the Nutrition 101 Masterclass. I know we didn't talk about this before, so he's probably not set up. I'm not set up for that, but you keep talking, Will, and I'll tell you when I have it up. <laughs> but um, yeah, the Nutrition 101, you know, and we got a lot of it. Uh, different things on thewillgrant.com. There's the Breath 101 Masterclass. And we also have the six-week Happier, Healthier, and Stronger, which takes the breath, the movement, the nutrition, creates you a whole routine to um, get you back on track for the happy, healthy, strong. But yeah, the Nutrition 101, if you guys have any questions about this, make sure to send us an email, DM. Uh, you know, We are more than happy to help. There, I think, is a, uh, a, a bunch of different lessons. How far are we, Dr. Edwin Adams? <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Yep, almost yeah. there. Sorry, I had to log into Kajabi. <laughs> yeah, but there is a preview on it as well um, on thewillgrant.com. And I'm going to be posting a lot more stuff on social media as well. Um, and yeah, it's a pretty cool in-depth course that literally gives you everything that you need to know to have full confidence in the grocery store and um, to know what to get, where to get, where to get it, how to get it, and uh, all that good stuff. If we have any more questions in here, this is also a great time. Oh, we got our guy, Ray. Uh, Ray has been in the, been into the course and he's benefited from, from it. He said, I can endorse the Nutrition 101 course great that you can move at your own pace. Yeah. Thank you, Ray. And that is another, uh, um, another really awesome thing about it is it's the whole class and you don't lose it. So once you get it, um, you have access to that too. If you want to log in once a day, if you want to log in every other day or once a week, you're welcome to, I'd recommend trying to log in once a day. There's 26 lessons to this. Um, see, and you could say, See, it has that course introduction to kind of show you exactly how to use the course, um, clarifying a lot of the basic confusing um, information out there. And then it has goal adjustments because we're all on different goals. If you're trying to gain weight, lose muscle, you know, that talks a lot more about in the macronutrients that we talked about earlier. And then it talks it, you know, it gives you practically a whole course on fasting, why to fast, all the different types of fast, how to, how to use the eating window, how to break your fast and a uh, really cool fasting challenge that I recommend um, you guys testing that out. Scroll down a little bit more, Edwin, if possible. And then this is how you learn to take control. You will learn what to eat, can we go down a little bit further, Edwin? You there? Edwin, you there? <laughs> oh, he is there. Yep. But uh, can you scroll down a little bit? Did it stick? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's. Yeah, I'm, I'm scrolling. It might not be moving. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's. I guess to see the rest of it, you're going to have to um, <laughs> go over to the and check it out because that is all we can show today. But I just want to thank you guys so much for showing up, um, learning and sharing our insights and sharing our knowledge and all this, you know, every new knowledge that you gain, you could share with somebody else. 
Um, and oh, this is our last episode. We are going to be doing something completely different coming soon. So stay tuned. I'll give you a little hint. One is we're going to look for some really awesome guests, um, some awesome doctors, some really smart people that even are uh, smarter than me in some specific areas which is going to be super exciting. And I want to create a live virtual breath and movement workout. So if this is something you're interested in, send us an email or put a comment below and uh, we're going to organize that as well. Thanks again. And I will see you guys soon.